Welcome to Outland Her, a podcast dedicated to stars as Outlander, a television show watched exclusively by horny moms, as well as MTV's Leah Beckman and Katie Weaver, a writer and editor at GQ. So, Katie, why are we doing this insane thing for a show that... Um, nobody watches except for moms i have no idea i assume we're doing it to kind of help me get a firmer grasp on the plot which i could not even begin to lay out in any kind of way that would make sense to myself or to anyone else it's no. like it's like a just a kaleidoscope of really graphic sex and violence and the scottish highlands it's I think bananas. I've said bananas. I think I've said to you like 10 different times in 10 different ways that this show is like 92% the most boring thing I've ever seen. And then 8% so insane and graphic with like child rape and other kinds of rape. Any kind of rape combo you could have is on this show. Yeah, I think to me, it's it's almost like living in the tornado belt where a lot of the time it's kind of boring. <laughs> and then every once in a while, like your entire world gets destroyed. That's how that's, I feel watching Outlander. That is 100% accurate. I think that's perfect. <laughs> uh, Claire, the star of the show, is basically living in, I don't know, Ohio. Where are there tornadoes? She's living there. <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so should we should we talk a little bit about what Outlander actually is? Yes. Outlander is a television show that was adapted from a series of books. There are 8 already. They've been I think the first one was written in 1991, so this has been going on now oh for truly eternity <laughs> and generations. Um, <laughs> generations and um is about a woman who can time travel. <laughs> I think you really nailed it with the first half of that statement, which was when you just said, it's about uh, a woman. Like, that's <laughs> what, it's about uh, a woman is probably the best way to describe this show. The first like, time I knew that we were hooked on the show, you said to me, and this has, like, been our favorite line that we say to each other forever and ever, Claire is... I'm not a witch. I'm just independent. <laughs> <laughs> she really is. It's a show about a woman who, God damn it, isn't a fucking witch. And she just can't get that across to people enough times in enough different ways. Um, it comes up again and again that she is a witch. <laughs> she is. So she is a, a <laughs> she's not a witch. She, um, when she is time traveling into the 1700s, she she like had been a nurse and so she, because she's now she's a healer so everyone constantly thinks she's a witch but more than the healing part she's really outspoken and she's really independent but i think we should talk about exactly how claire comes to travel through time am i jumping ahead too much to do that no i think that's fine i think now's the time <gasps> okay so just really briefly we open in i guess book 1 and i cannot believe this is going to be a series of more than eight books. I cannot believe this. It's going to be like longer than the Bible. I'm sure it already is. Um, oh, 100%. Certainly. <laughs> there are going to be, I mean, this woman's going to write until she dies. Diana Gabaldon. <laughs> that's her name. Hope she's listening. Uh, I, I, I went to Diana's website and she actually gives really thorough pronunciation notes um, mm -hmm. in the FAQ about Diana section. And it's how is, 
her last name pronounced. My name is pronounced Gabaldone. In Spanish, it's pronounced Gabaldon. Oh, boy. She's a real Claire. She's a real Sassanac. <laughs> There's more. It rhymes with stone. That's her last. So she's just really helping in all different ways. And just to be clear, Diana is also not a witch. None of the women here are witches. They're just but independent they women. they are very independent women, but they are not witches. Not witches. So we meet this woman, Claire. She's not a witch. It's the... 1940s the war's just ended <laughs> she is on vacation with her husband uh they go to scotland because and this is such a shitty vacation for her he is just kind of tracing his own genealogy she's not involved at all he's just kind of brought her along for the ride to kind of rural scotland to pour over like old books and stuff well lucky for him claire fucking loves it and <laughs> She also has a memory, maybe um, even though she's not a witch, it seems like this is one of her powers. Her memory is insane. And so as they're bumping around Inverness in Scotland, Frank, her husband, is telling her everything about his life and every single ancestor and cousin. And Claire, God bless her independent soul, remembers every single word. I talked to my boyfriend literally maybe three minutes ago right before we started the podcast. And I already can't remember what he said to me. <laughs> but Claire remembers every little piece of minutiae, like the year that Frank's great, 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 great grand uncle got sick. Like just the most insane thing. She has perfect recall. She has total recall, which is a good name for this series if they didn't work out. <laughs> total horny recall because these dates and information um, are like super horny to Claire, who we also learn is like just ready for it at all times. <laughs> uh, yeah, we first learned that honestly in Scotland. Uh, she really just wants to fuck her husband mm-hmm. and they're staying in like a very small little B&B and one of the first things they do is jump on the bed so that a woman downstairs thinks they're having sex but mm-hmm. they're they're just adults jumping on the bed but then I later about that. I bet you don't remember this Leah they go to like a, an old Scottish ruin and Claire climbs up on <laughs> She climbs up on like a dirty old table. She reveals that she is not wearing underwear. And <laughs> I forgot about that. And Frank like performs oral sex on her. Well, so that really sets the tone for this. That happens probably about 11 minutes in. And then it just kind of keeps happening in various combinations and locations for the rest of the series, really. This is a show about a very horny woman who is not a witch. Right, um, exactly. And has also a show about a woman who has no respect for world heritage sites. <laughs> so Claire and Frank are bebopping all around Scotland and they hear about these magic stones and they go to visit the stones and they go because there is um, like a ceremony that is being performed that only happens on the full moon or something, and it's like all of these beautiful women dancing around in the moonlight, and and Claire and Frank are spying on them. Yeah, even this is kind of disrespectful because they're really just like crouched down behind a tree or something, mm-hmm. and they're like laughing at this <laughs> religious ceremony. Yeah, right. They're so horny for each other, and they're laughing at this religious ceremony. For and two history buffs, truly no respect. None, and Claire, but she's really drawn to it, this place. Right? Or is yes. she not um, yet? Oh, no, she is. And we also, we should say, we learn 
earlier in the episode <laughs> that Claire Claire gets her palm red. And we learn that Claire is super special because she has like her lifeline is forked, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it becomes two lines running concurrent. And the woman reading her palm has never seen this before. Wow, that's so crazy. Your hands are so special. Claire's hands are so special. No one can resist Claire or her gnarled hands. <laughs> so I, Not I, even I, this honestly, old woman. I don't remember how this happens, but somewhere or another, Claire <laughs> just fucking falls through time. She's like, touches a rock. She wakes up and it's the past. And <laughs> from here, things really get going in a confusing way. She's like almost immediately raped, and that is rape number one. So now we are probably, I would say, 13 minutes into the show. <laughs> and a man who's, who looks, who has Frank's, her husband's exact face. Um, because he is portrayed by the same actor. Exactly. We should make that clear. Mm-hmm. And then we learn they're related, and Claire knows this because she remembers every detail that was ever said to her. So she knows his name. Um, she's almost violently raped. She's saved. She ends up marrying Jamie, the hot virgin who saves her. <laughs> oh, God. He wears a skirt. It's a kilt. Uh, like Claire, I also have no respect for other cultures. <laughs> um, yeah, and Claire is also, like, weirdly, weirdly into the fact that he's a virgin. At first, she's like, no, are you sure you're a virgin? Do you want me? But she's into it. And that, to me, was just not appealing. I don't think... Every woman watching the show is like dying to bed a virgin grown man. So that's the thing about the show. I think at that moment I was like, I hate the show, but I will watch it until I die. I have no choice <laughs> at this part. When we have this like, you know, six foot five Scottish monster who Claire has been like, you know, will, should I love him? Should I not? I'm already married, but. You know, I have this, like, I'm very conflicted and my hands have many lines on them. The big reveal is that he's a virgin. And he actually says, like, one of us should know what we're doing. And I think the thing (laughs) when you're watching for all those moms out there is supposed to be like, woo, we love it. He is just only he's so untouched it's only going to be Claire who's going to show him the way and it is horrifying I remember screaming like gagging and screaming hearing about this (laughs) I just like it's really hard to get excited about Claire's first time in the sack with this guy after hearing that he has no idea what he's doing and he's like how old would you say Jamie is is he like 30 I would say he's either 30 or 112. No one can know. <laughs> he, like the, the, <laughs> I, if he's a virgin and it's like 1760s, I mean, I don't know. Is he 18? Is he, he's barely legal. <laughs> he is nine years old and mm-hmm. Claire cannot wait to hop in that bed with him. <laughs> and part of her appeal to him is, of course, like the very clearness, which is, you know, no one can resist me. Every And I, I, we should say along the way, everyone is constantly trying to fuck Claire. Like deals are being made for ancient manors that have been in the house for in the family forever just to get one night with this magical woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very like Lady Marmalade goes <laughs> to Scotland. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> like everyone wants to have a taste. Um, so then they get married and... They get married because Claire, like, 
something Jack Randall, her husband's ancestor, is going to something her. I don't even remember. But they get married because he was going to do something to her. Or like maybe he was going to try to marry her. I think it was summarized on Wikipedia as like he's just determined to find out what she's hiding. And so then she has to marry this virgin, Jamie. Um and it's just into it as any of us she's into be. it yeah and um i remember that um randall at one point kidnaps her and after they're already married jamie comes in just to, as randall is about to cut off her nipple yes like there is a knife on her nipple <laughs> that, that was filling that up the whole was honestly that was the hardest scene i think for me i mean outlander is a constant barrage of things i hate to be seeing but mm-hmm. I, that is the one that sort of haunts me I agree. I, I'll never forget I it. I think about that forever. There's so many things I forget about. Um, it's funny that we're doing this because we um, hate this show, but one <laughs> thing that we really differ on is the intro. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. I think the show is worth watching if only to see those opening titles every time you restart it. I never fast forward them. I honestly sometimes go back, rewind it, let it play again because I love the song. I love the like sometimes beautiful images that are being thrown up on screen. I think there are funny moments. I think there are sexy moments. I love the intro. Some of those images are potatoes. (laughs) Some of them are other people's hair. (laughs) It's like one of those intros that is played with a song that is like you you like are getting your clues that it's supposed to be artsy, but makes no sense. I am on the other end of the spectrum and I hate this goddamn intro. <laughs> I fast forward. Do you do every you not time. like the song? Do you not think the song is pretty? I don't really. Although again, in preparation for today, I listened to it and I liked it more. It's not something I would ever um, listen to, choose to listen to on my own time. Um, Is it something that you would sing to yourself as you move alone through your apartment, as I do? Oh, you mean the words, sing me a song about a lass that is gone? No, yeah. Like, am I the lass? I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a witch and I'm having fun and I love it. Sing me a song of a lass that is gone. Say, could that lass? Mary of No, I don't like it, and I don't. <laughs> I don't like any part of it. I guess it's not the worst thing I've ever heard, but we learned a little fact about it. So one whole plot line of the second season is that Claire wants the Jacobite... Yes, it's already the most boring thing. The Jacobite revolution to not happen. She wants, because they know that they can't win. So they go to Paris and they are trying to like dissuade the Bonnie Prince Charlie, who is just a monster, from like, I don't know, trying to lead the Jacobite rebellion. But we also- we we found out, oh, go ahead. We need to say that Claire, once again, her lack of respect for anything is manifesting itself in this mission. Because Claire, being a smart, non-witch woman, should know that if she changes history in that big a way, it's going to completely alter the course of human history. She has never seen the butterfly effect. And I really wonder, is she thinking in the back of her mind, maybe this will make it so World War II doesn't happen? 
I, I don't, don't think she even thinks that far. She's only thinking about her former virgin and how she wants. I think like we don't even get any um we get no reason for why she wants to do this except that she knows that they can't win and she wants like Scotland to be part of Britain. Yeah, maybe the more I think about it it is for World War 2, but even that makes no sense cuz she doesn't ever want to go back to her time. She does in the first season briefly. And then one time she's thwarted. And then I think she just kind of changes her mind and she doesn't, she's like happy in Scotland, which is also crazy. Yeah. Because she's living in the, it's uh, every single modern (laughs) convenience would just be gone. There's no way that it was better to be alive in Scotland in the 18th century than post World War II. Like Europe. Of course not. They're disgusting. It's the worst time. Like she is in the most uncomfortable clothes. It's crazy. So, but anyway, the point is that this intro song um, is all about the Bonnie Prince Charlie losing the Battle of Culloden, which is the end of the Jacobite Revolution. It is the most insane foreshadowing I've ever, I, I mean, and no one would ever know that. It's like this winkingly, like, clever thing that was placed here that no one knows. <laughs> when you told me that, I could not believe how much forethought had been, like, placed, had, had taken place. I couldn't believe how much forethought had taken place. It's, it, it would be like finding out that, I don't even know, like, the, that snowflakes fall in actually a pattern that, like, angels determine beforehand. Like, it's that <laughs> level of, oh, my God, this seems so random and pointless, but actually it's, like, there's meaning behind it. Like, the the whole point of this, of the intro, is that it shows you little flashes of things you're going to see in the show. So then to learn that the whole song itself is a foreshadowing of what's going to happen. Also, in season two, are they going to change... The, that battle has already happened. So are they going to change this song to a new song next season? No, Ugh, over God, my dead body. I so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would be fierce. Well, the thing is, so it is a historic song about the prince, but they do for the Outlander opening credits change all the pronouns to she. So it sounds like it's a song about Claire. We decided for this podcast that um, because when I revealed the origin of that song to Katie, it was such a hit that we would each prepare a little surprise fact for each other. Yeah, I want to um, say when you revealed that to me, I we I think we were g chatting. We weren't together. Mm-hmm. I literally screamed. I could <laughs> not stop screaming. I could not believe that that was a real song that wasn't written for the like thirty second opening credits of Outlander. Outrageous! And you are not going to be as excited about this fact. I wish we could <laughs> capture your reaction <laughs> for that. Just like but... walk into any emergency room in America and the sounds you hear there are the sounds I made when I found out the truth about that song. I thought you were going to say walk into any stone in Scotland and walk back into time and you'll see me screaming. <laughs> I'm not a witch. I don't know. Okay. Um, okay. Do you want to do your fact? Yeah. So my fact is... Oh my God. I'm really excited. So one of our favorite episodes is called The Search. Um, it is in the second season. The first season is divided into two. So it's the second part of the first season. Jamie has been for the 100th time captured by Redcoats and then escaped again. Um, that's all the show is about. Every Yeah, he's a virgin and an idiot who can't stop getting captured. <laughs> who can't drive. Um, <laughs> and so 
Claire and Myrta, Myrta is Jamie's sidekick, are like going from small town to small town looking for him. And they decide that the best way that they're going to draw attention to each other or to themselves so that Jamie will know where to find them is to perform. So Myrta is performing. This is like the most insane idea. He's he's dancing at every (laughs) little town. And he's like, this isn't going to work. And Claire is like, you need to put a little pizzazz into the performance. And she just spontaneously breaks into a World War II Army song um, by the Andrews sisters. It is called Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. Bette Midler and Miss Katy Perry have also um, performed this song. I'm not <laughs> sure how it went for them, but it is incredibly embarrassing um, for Claire when I she sings it. I was furious. <laughs> I was furious when this happened. And Myrta, who is like, what are you saying? That's a song from <laughs> Not My Time. But what he does say is, that's a that's a Bonnie tune. Um, <laughs> but it needs to be Scottish. And also, because you're independent but not a witch... Um, we're going to dress you up like a man and we're going to rewrite our own lyrics. And Do you remember why they dress her up like a man? Is it just to make her more memorable? Yes, it's just to make her more <laughs> memorable. I rewatched that episode today. It's insane. Um, oh my so God. my fact for you is just the very why of the scene. Um, here is an interview with um, one of the writers on the show. His name is Matthew B. Rod- Roberts. And someone asked him about that episode, and he says, I'm just going to read it to you. In the oh book, <laughs> Murda sings and dances, but Kat, who is Katrina Balfi, who plays um, oh my who God. plays Claire, who is Ireland's uh, number one model, um, Kat <laughs> sings quite a bit in between takes. She'll, oh sit, <laughs> she'll sit down in her chair and hum and sing, and I jokingly oh one day said, I'm going to make you sing one day on camera. And she said, no, you'll never do it. And when it came about that we were going to train Duncan to dance, who is Murda, I thought, let's give Claire the singing part. <laughs> I oh just God. loved it. They trained this woman oh, to sing it. And when, they, when he asked, when he was asked why he picked that song, he just said, it just popped into my head. We just manipulated it so that oh the lyrics God. would be filthy. That's the only reason. Oh, I don't know if you've seen Victor Victoria, but that was the kind a kind of play on this. <laughs> oh my god. We need to tell people if you do not know the song Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, the lyrics are like uh he's the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy of Company B and it's all yeah. about World War Two, and like it's full of old timey slang that would just make no like. What does 18th century Scotland know about a boogie woogie bugle boy? They know nothing about it, and also it is incredible to pick. I could picture Claire, not the actress, Claire the character, walking around set as an actress, being like a do 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 do, and this director just being like, "I'm gonna make you do it," and her saying, "No, you will not." <laughs> and that's how she gets it and then she just gives in which is clear. basically how it's a very clear move it's so incredible it's just perfect they real as the troopers go over the league because there's Kenton Keen and there's Aberdeen and his name is Muckle as the strap the bogey bogey a root a toot I also there is a little bit of a time travel element to this where if we if we're going to say, okay, this happened, Claire went back in time, she's saying Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy is like kind of a bluesy, ragtimey sort of song. So it's basically like Claire invented jazz. We actually <laughs> have jazz because Claire dressed up like a man and 
and sang Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy to Scottish people centuries ago. It's like in Back to the Future when he like reinvents the song that they sing and he's like, yeah, it actually wasn't a black man and jazz is not like <laughs> invented by black people. This is something that Claire did, but I'm not a witch and I can sing whatever I want. I'm not a witch. I head. just love jazz. <laughs> okay. Should I do my fact now? Yes. Please give me your fact. Okay. My, my fact, your fact made me furious and my fact also makes me so angry. Um, so my fact is about the the story itself. Um, and this is taken from the FAQ on Diana Gavadon's uh, <laughs> personal website. I'm just going to I'm going to read you from the cute from the FAQ uh, what this says. Where did you get the idea for a time travel novel? And then Diana says, I had meant Outlander to be a straight historical novel. But when I introduced Claire around the third day of writing, it was the scene where she meets Dougal and the others in the cottage. She wouldn't cooperate. Dougal asked her who she was, and without my stopping to think who she should be, she drew herself up, stared belligerently at him, and said, Claire Elizabeth Beecham, and who the hell are you? <laughs> she promptly took over the story and began telling it herself, making smart-ass modern remarks about everything. At which point I shrugged and said, fine, nobody's ever going to see this book, so it doesn't matter what bizarre thing I do. Oh, go- <laughs> my God. <laughs> go ahead and be modern, and I'll figure out how you got there later. So, <laughs> literally <laughs> modern the Claire. Whole, the whole plot of Outlander that this woman traveled through time is a right around because the character of Claire was like a bitch for no reason initially. Oh. But also, <laughs> ugh, there is nothing I hate more than a writer or, or an actor or anyone being like, my craft took over and there was no stopping it. It was like water out of a fountain <laughs> or whatever. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even dam it up if I tried. It just overtook me like as though she was being exercised by this goddamn witch. I hate that so much. <laughs> Claire just took over and said, I'm not a witch and I'm gonna sing Boogie Boogie Bugle Boy. Who the hell are you? Claire Elizabeth Beecham, who the hell are you? <laughs> God. Yeah, I've been sitting on this fact for weeks waiting to tell you. I'm, <laughs> I know, I hate it. I find you to be the most singular woman, Claire. Jamie's wife. I mean, that leads me to believe really what I've always suspected, which is that Claire is like a proxy for Diana. Okay, well, I, I direct you now to another FAQ <laughs> 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 on, on Diana's personal website. Uh, are you Scottish? And the answer, nope. She's a little horndog for Scotland, I think, actually. I think we just yeah, answered mean, it ourselves. <laughs> um, this is just, this is like horniness made manifest. Like, manifest. I honestly can't believe, I would have, like, I believe that she, that it had to be a time travel thing as a write around, but I would also believe that she just wrote scenes of straight pornography and then decided to, like, put a plot on it as a write around. Oh, absolutely. Of, as a vehicle from one pornographic scene to the next. Oh, I gotta, I want them to be in like a different place now. So I have to figure out a way to get these characters there. Right. Oh, like so. I want to have some things on my checklist. I need to have like a real sassy woman. I need to have some young men of indeterminate age with no underpants on playing rugby all the time. And <laughs> I need to have, I don't know, the boogie woogie bugle boy, I guess. <laughs> it's like she wanted them to, she wanted her heroine to have sex with the 
king of France. So she's, oh, I'll just make it about the Jacobite revolution, I guess. Right. I don't know. I'll figure that part out later. She, yeah, she really did. It is such a right around. She really like Googled around what the, the, the <laughs> few things that were not important that she needed in there. That actually reminds me. I think we should talk about, well, we should definitely talk about the most recent finale, but I do want to quickly say that the finale of the second season was some of the most graphic, violent rape I have ever seen anywhere on TV, and that includes every episode of Game of Thrones. Like, this show gets away with everything. Also, it is one man being raped by another. Yes, this show is a billion times more graphic than Game of Thrones. Like, if you watch Game of Thrones and not Outlander, you are a pussy. (laughs) Outlander is, oh my god, like, take the wildest episode of SVU, and it is... It's like a, it's like a G compared to Outlander. One hundred percent is a hard NC seventeen. It a is a hard snuff NC-17. film. Every episode, except for when it's so boring. But in this, in the in the finale of the second season, um, Randall, the one who has her current day husband's face, rapes her husband Jamie um, <laughs> by pretending he like rubs lavender which is claire's scent on him and takes his long ponytail down so he sort of confuses jamie (laughs) and thinks that it's claire so even now even while jamie is being assaulted claire is still like irresistible (laughs) like no one can resist claire even irresistible Even a horrible sodomy. Ugh. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Let's talk about the most recent finale. Oh god. I mean, we we still have honestly so much sexual assault that we haven't even covered. Remember when a a child was sexually assaulted this season? Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) That was just like one thing of eighty insane things that happened in an episode. It like wasn't even the main thing. Mm-hmm. Just, you just... um, UG chatted me these last two episodes we've seen a child get raped Claire give birth to a dead baby have sex with the king of France Jamie cut off a man's penis Jamie get arrested Claire goes to Beantown which is Boston <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even covered the fact that Claire at some point in the time space continuum is suddenly in Boston Ugh, I can't well, I guess I guess that's a good if we want to talk about the finale. Yeah, there's now's the time. Yeah, the finale was a marked departure from every other episode of Outlander. It was with, 90 minutes, first of all. Yes, and and a 60 minute episode of Outlander feels like a four day episode of Outlander. Mm-hmm. So so this this was like two months of watching. It felt like. So we open in we're back in Scotland, right? Yes, we're back in Scotland. Claire. Claire's back in Scotland. She is old-ish. Frank is dead. Her husband is dead. She is accompanied by a daughter. She's there for a funeral of someone who... I asked you this, Leah. I don't think this person is important. I think it's just like another detail we didn't fill in. Like, uh, I don't know. They have to go to Scotland, so we'll say they went for a funeral. Yeah. Oh, the so the man was um, the like priest who Frank was really close to when they had been there during World War Two, like right after World War Two, who um, always kind of believed Claire. We should say that when Claire goes through the stones, she's missing for three years and no one knows what happened to her. She comes back through the stones again and um, and, and a Scottish newspaper runs the headline. Um, 
taken by the fairies, which of course Claire would love people to think, but really the only people who really believe her are this priest and the the woman who initially like read her palm. So she goes back to like this priest's funeral, but what? You haven't been back since you were kidnapped by the fairies 25 years ago. Yeah, like, no one here knows you. You don't have any friends. So, wait, I have a question. You said that the priest and the wife were the only ones who believed her, which is, uh, to be honest, a detail I completely missed. So, did everyone else think she was lying, or did they think she was insane? Um, I think they... Well, I think that um, Frank believed her. I think that nobody else really knew and just thought she was insane. I think a lot of people thought she was, like, had run away with someone else. Remember, they keep saying, like... She's mm-hmm. never coming back. She she's ran around, ran around with another lad. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so I think that they thought. Um, I mean, I don't know. I she walked through a stone. I would you believe her? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, Claire. Uh, and this was a surprise to me. It was satisfying as a viewer, but also strange. Uh, Claire frequently tells people. That she time traveled. She tells Jamie. She tells Murtaugh. She tells her husband. And everyone seems to kind of just be like, oh, okay. Yeah, your answer's a lot of questions. That explains all of the things. Uh, Except that you definitely are a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Insane. Um, So she comes back. um, Well, wait, I want to know. If Mm -hmm. if someone, if, if your boyfriend told you he doesn't have to just have disappeared but we'll just say if he came to you and he said Leah I'm a time traveler I fell through time I'm from 200 years in the future what would be your reaction to that oh boy um I would say that no I would say there's something actually you know I think I would initially say I want to I want to think that I would believe him I really do I want to think that I'm like the kind of person who could be like well okay that could happen I believe in ghosts um but I honestly think I would say that he has lost his damn mind and um but I would also like want him to take me to wherever he thought this was and then if it was just like a garbage can in Penn Station I'd be like oh okay you're crazy (laughs) would you believe yours Oh, my God. I don't think so. I think if Taylor came to me, I got to tell you something. I'm from 200 years in the future. No, I would not believe him. I would I would ask if he could produce any kind of proof, like if he knew things I didn't know, then maybe. But these people don't tend to ask Claire that. They just sort of accept it, you know. What if he was Clinton. super hot and super good at sex? And you were a virgin. <laughs> then I guess I would believe him. I don't know. I would trust him. I would trust whatever he said at that point. Yeah. Um, but every, I mean, everyone, everyone's just very taken with Claire. So I guess they'll believe whatever insane bullshit she says. Yeah. And that's the whole point of the show that they're just like, okay, sure. Well, the other like whole point of the show, who is Claire talking to? Because Claire narrates the episode. <laughs> she sure does. Um, I found out when I was doing some research for this just really quickly that the um, I, apparently the ninth book is going to be called Go Tell the Bees That I Am Gone. And thinking of Claire um, saying that in a voiceover 
uh, makes me want to throw up. It is the <laughs> most horrible. It's so chilling. Who, I don't know who she's talking to. You who could thought- she possibly be talking to? Who is she telling to convey information about herself to the bees? She's talking to someone who can talk to bees. We've established that. <laughs> you had initially thought at one point that maybe it was her daughter, which I thought was smart. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, to recount graphic sex scenes in such vivid detail yeah, to one's point. daughter. Seems and he unwise. almost cut off my nipple, hun. That just seems a little nuts. Well, also, so do you understand the significance of the bees, Leah? No, do you? I actually think I do. <laughs> Whoa, I uh, really set myself up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I'm not a witch. I just happen to know a lot of things. Um, so I, I think we've talked about this before, you and I. I watch every single TV show with captions. So It's one of my I, favorite facts about you. It's incredible. <laughs> I love to see all the dialogue written out. I feel like it makes it easier to multitask because the captions are usually on screen for like a fraction of a second either early or late, so you kind of have more time to catch the dialogue if you're not totally listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Claire approaches the stones, the captions tell me that there's a buzzing sound, like a bee <gasps> buzzing sound. Oh, and all the books. This episode was called Dragonfly in Amber. Maybe. Well, because there was a dragonfly in Amber that was in the show. <laughs> <laughs> she literally oh. picks up a dragonfly oh, in Amber. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone like, gives so, it to her. It's a okay. dragonfly in Amber. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm never watching the show again. <laughs> oh, that's I, I a honestly, good theory, though. I feel like I have never seen the show, and I've seen every episode. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just so much. I don't retain anything. I still don't totally know what the Jacobites want, and I've looked it up many times. I think I said this to you once. Um, did you know the book Lust for Life by Irving Stone? It's about Vincent Van Gogh. I have not read it, but I know what you're referring to. Okay. So I, when I watch Outlander, I feel like the descriptions of Vincent Van Gogh's insanity in this book. Like, <laughs> I feel crazy. My blood is like coursing hot through my veins. I don't <laughs> understand what's happening. I love it and I hate it at the same time. It's. <laughs> I think the I worst part nuts. is because of that hate, I totally agree. It is um, a like truly hellish um, experience because you feel like you're losing <laughs> your mind, but I'll never stop watching. I mean, we are talking about in the very last episode, Claire, basically we are led to believe, first of all, Claire is old as hell at this point, And she abandons, we think she abandons her daughter to go back through the stones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she, it ends with her running at the stones saying, I have to go back. Bitch, no, you don't. You do what not. What the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, I'm going to leave my, I'm going to abandon my daughter who's, has, whose dad is already dead. Um, she's and, like a teen, this girl also. She yes, seems to be a teen. Who now also believes her mom, who her mom's crazy stories. And she's like, is this the last place you saw him? And Claire's like, yeah. And we fucked here too right before I came back. Oh my God. Um, if my mom told me that she were a time traveler, I think that would be a huge problem. You'd be like, where were these rocks that you had sex with my dad? Oh, my God. Well, I do want to say that you said that you think Claire would have voted yes on Brexit, which I think is a perfect <laughs> place. <laughs> yeah, I stand by that for sure. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to maybe do predictions of what we think or hope is going to happen. 
Um, okay, yeah, do him. Okay, so I mean, nothing in the show has really led me to believe this is going to happen, but also nothing in the show relates to any other thing that's happened in the show, so it very well could. <laughs> I am dying for Claire to go to the American colonies. Oh, I, I know, you want that. We ha- they went to France, and it was great. It was, like, so sexy. I mean, ugh, a lot of rates happened there. But it was also, like, a really lush, beautiful setting. And then they went back to Scotland, and it was like, Scotland is kind of nice in a faraway landscape view. But when you're just traipsing around the woods, it all looks identical. So I. So do you think that Claire is going to go back? Like, it, it, is she going to go through the stones, and you can't predict where the stones are going to send you? And so she's going to be in a different time again? Or is she going to somehow be there with Jamie? I I mean, time-wise, it makes sense, but... I feel like she and Jamie, they're somehow going to link up again, although I I do not think that Claire, as like a 65-year-old woman, could go back through time and just happen to land in... 18th century Scotland again at the exact right time. Although I don't know why she landed there in the first place. Why did she land that year in the first place? No one knows. Is it just luck of the draw? She's just, uh, she got lucky. She, that was where her, I mean, I think the thing is that we're supposed to imagine that Jamie, this whole stupid show is about love and Jamie and Claire are like meant to be together. And so not even hundreds of years can keep them apart. And I think like she, I think that's the only flaw in, I had kind of imagined that we were going to have to make, meet a whole new cast of characters, which just sounded horrible to me. But I think you're right. I think I would not be surprised if they go to the colonies. And also, the more I think about it, I think the point is that they always end up together. So you think that Frank is is not, is like not her other great love? Because Claire seems to think that. But the daughter is like, you didn't love my dad. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and then she's like, you're right. Bye. Oh <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, I guess you're right. I guess we have another nine months and two more goddamn seasons to wait it out in here. That's our show. Thanks for listening. I'm Leah Beckman. I'm Katie Weaver. And join us next season. uh, Or hopefully don't because we won't have to watch this show anymore. (laughs) Good nicht. Good nicht. Thanks for listening to Outland Her, the podcast devoted to understanding the TV show Outlander. And apologies to Outlandish, the other podcast about Outlander, for accidentally using their name when we first released this episode. We promise it was an accident.